0: Welcome to 24-Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. All right, Amy, are you ready to talk about some ghost ships? Ghost
1: ships. Ghost ships. I ha- That's out of left field. I had no, I have no, I didn't, I have no words. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Literally wouldn't have guessed that ever. So I've been trying to,
0: as I come across cool things, save them, like screenshot them or whatever on my phone. And actually, this one came about because through some clickbaity article <laughs> about, I, I'm i a sucker for clickbait articles. I've probably read every single one there is out there.
1: You probably have so many viruses. I hope not.
0: Everything functions normally, so maybe I just have really good virus protection. (laughs) Not to go on a whole tangent about clickbait articles, some of which are actually really good. And this one was an article on Disney fan theories, so it was actually interesting. It wasn't hokey, I guess, like some clickbait articles can be, or most clickbait (laughs) articles can be. I feel like clickbait articles are like a new form of, like roadside attractions oh yeah for sure but anyway this one about disney fan theory was really interesting and it was talking about this whole theory of pirates of the caribbean which i'm not going to go into because i don't want to get it wrong and ruin this person's theory but they were talking about the flying dutchmen
1: okay which then led me to ghost ships so i would just like to point out that this is also how i got to the topic of high heels So I think this is a valid form of adding topics to the list if you stumble across them in your daily lives, life, Okay, lives, whatever.
0: I will also say I did not have a chance to actually print out all my notes. And you know, I don't like to read off the computer. So I apologize in advance if it seems a little scattered because I didn't print my notes and they're not in front
1: of me, which is my preference. You're so old school. I think that's so funny. I love that you have a printer. Do you know that like people, I mean, we have a printer. I can tell you it's not plugged in, Um, but we have it. And I just think it's so impressive that you actively print things.
0: I do. I print notes for work because I like to have the piece of paper. I like to write on the piece of paper. I mean, I'm not that old, but I guess I'm old school in that respect.
1: You're old enough to appreciate a printer.
0: I am. Although I need a new one. I absolutely despise the printer I have. So maybe for Christmas or my birthday, I'll put that on my list this year.
1: It's a very glamorous wish list.
0: I know. I just want a really nice printer, you guys, so I can print all my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, tell me about ghost ships. Let's get into ghost ships. One of the reasons that I think this topic is so interesting is because ghost ships are the topic of ghost stories and lore, but are also a real term used to describe a ship that is found adrift with its crew missing or dead. It's also called a phantom ship.
1: That's so sad.
0: It is sad when it's the real life thing. So I just think it's interesting that it's kind of spooky, but also real life.
1: So is today's topic on both of those things, ghost stories and the real life incidences? Yes.
0: So this is one of those topics where if I have a lull in ideas or there isn't a listener topic inspiring me or we haven't had a listener topic recently, that I might go back and do a second one.
1: Ooh, nice. There
0: are so many interesting real ghost ship stories, and I'm sure I can find so many interesting ghost stories or lore. So we're going to talk about one real ghost ship and one... Not real Ghost Ship tonight. Okay. Or today or whenever you are. But a fun fact, as you would expect, there's a lot of TV and literature about Ghost Ships. There's also music albums named after Ghost Ship, handful of songs, but probably the most fun thing that I came across in my research called Ghost Ship is a beer by Adnams Brewery, which is a UK brewery and a sculpture in Portland, Oregon.
1: Fancy is what do you think the flavor of the beer is? Oh,
0: well, I saved the description so I could tell you because, of
1: course, you did. Whoever
0: wrote the description of this did an amazing job. So, this is the Ghost Ship beer. Our citrus pale ale is approachable, Moorish, and hauntingly good on any occasion. Originally brewed as a Halloween seasonal. Interest lingered like its lemony flavors and is now our best-selling beer. In the foggy past, patrons of the Bell Inn, our 600-year-old pub in Walverswick, sorry, UK, told tall tales of ghostly ships that haunted the shore. The seeds of these stories were likely sown by the smugglers trying to scare people away, but they later became the inspiration for everyone's favorite eerie brew. That
1: is good. Isn't that a great beer description? Honestly, I feel like it really sets the tone for this episode.
0: It does. The first ghost ship we're going to talk about is the real-life story of the Mary Celeste, which was an American merchant, brigantine, I practice that word, (laughs) that was discovered adrift and deserted in the Atlantic Ocean on December 4th, 1872. Ooh. So a brigantine is a two-masted sailing vessel with a fully square-rigged foremast and at least two sails on the main mast. The main mast is the second and taller of the two masts. So now you obviously have a picture in your head.
1: Probably obviously. not. I'm kidding. <laughs> obviously. It's such a well-painted picture. I can see the two masts. So think of like an old-timey pirate
0: ship. Like pirates of the Caribbean. Talking. Yeah. With big sails, two-masts, old wooden ship. Okay. That's what a brigantine is. Got it. In this context, I don't know if that's still a term. I'm, I'm sure it's still a term to describe ships. They're probably just not made of wood anymore. Or maybe not all wood. I did not go into a deep dive in ship construction. <laughs> Darn. All right. So the Mary Celeste captain was Benjamin Briggs, who, along with his crew, first mate Albert Richardson, second mate Andrew Gilling, Steward Edward Head and Seaman Bilk Lorenzen, Boz Lorenzen, Arian Martins, Gottlieb Glauchal. Some of these are very German names, so I apologize in advance. We're taking 1,701 barrels of denatured alcohol to Genoa, a city in Italy. Captain Briggs' wife and infant daughter joined him for the journey. And they left their school-aged son home with his grandmother so he wouldn't miss school. Smart. Now, I had to look up what denatured alcohol was because... You're you? Yeah. One, why would you be taking 1,701 barrels of it somewhere? Somebody needed it. It's basically ethanol, which is the type of alcohol that we drink in alcoholic beverages. Mm. And they've done something to it to make it undrinkable. And it's used in different manufacturing and industries. And
1: I love that you did a deep dive on alcohol, but not on boat construction. Oh, well, maybe I'll have to do a whole episode on just
0: boat construction. We'll see. Yeah. So the Mary Celeste, which is the name of the ship, if that wasn't clear. Yes. Left New York on November 7th. A second ship headed to Genoa, the De Gratia, left on November 15th, following the same general route. So they left eight, nine days later. Mm -hmm. The De Gratia was a Canadian ship captained by David Morehouse. Nineteen days later, the De Gratia would find the Mary Celeste. Aww. So they're both headed to Genoa, which is a city in Italy.
1: Every time you say Genoa, I think Genovia. Oh, yes. Princess Diaries. So they're both headed to the same general
0: location, and that's how the De Gratia came across the Mary Celeste. Okay. And I should also mention, there's some debate on how close of a relationship Briggs and Morehouse, the two captains, have. Okay. But they were at least... Friendly. Generally acquainted. Okay. They knew of each other. They knew of each other, had met, and are both very respected captains. Okay. Which will be important later in our story. Mm. So on November 4th, a helmsman on the De Gratia reported a vessel about six miles in the distance that was heading erratically towards them. The odd movements and the set of the sails led Morehouse to suspect that the Mary Celeste was in distress. Now, obviously, at this point, they don't know it's the Mary Celeste until they get, get to the ship. Right. Yeah. So he tried to signal the ship. Received no reply. As it got closer to them, they couldn't see anyone on deck. So then Captain Morehouse sent his first and second mate to investigate, and that's when they found it was the Mary Celeste. Got it. When they boarded the ship, they found it deserted, so there's nobody on board. No bodies or anything? No bodies, nothing. The sails were partly set and in poor condition, and much of the rigging was damaged. The ship's single lifeboat was missing. There was some water in the hold and but not enough that it would be alarming, I guess, Okay. from this description. The ship's daily log's last entry was eight days earlier and recorded the Mary Celeste 400 nautical miles away from where they were when they found it. Wow. The cabin interiors were wet just because some windows and things were open, but in fairly reasonable order, like it wasn't all destroyed or or, like turned over. Things thrown about, right. Captain Briggs' cabin had some personal items scattered around. All the ship's papers were missing along with all the navigational instruments. So that was about the weirdest thing that they found. Sure. But the
1: lifeboat uh, was also missing. Yeah, the lifeboat was missing
0: and whoever used the lifeboat took the ship's papers and the navigational instruments. The galley, which is the kitchen, Mm -hmm. was clean and undisturbed. There was no sign that people left mid-food preparation. There was plenty of provisions left on the ship. So really just a mystery where everybody was. The crew of the De Gratia said there was no obvious signs of fire or violence. And in fact, it looked like an orderly departure by means of the lifeboat. So really nothing was amiss except for the papers and the equipment was gone and there was nobody on the boat. Weird. So the De Gratia ended up dividing up their crew and bringing the Mary Celeste into port in
1: Gibraltar
0: for salvage.
1: Because it still had all of the contents on it.
0: Has all of its denatured alcohol, has not been disturbed, really. Right. So under maritime law, a salver could expect substantial share of the combined value of the rescued vessel and cargo. So... The De Gratia brings in the Mary Celeste because they can get basically paid out for the ship and its contents. Okay. So the salvage payment ends up being 1,700 pounds sterling, which is about $2,040 American and much lower than it's thought it should have been. Okay. For And we'll talk about why in a second. But Amy, let's play your favorite game. no. How much would it be today? <laughs> two
1: thousand forty dollars American. In what Guess eighteen something? Eighteen seventy two. Eighteen seventy two. So
0: how much money would that be today in American?
1: 1246 dollars. Two hundred. No. Oh, because remember I said like
0: the salvage payment was a lot lower than they thought it should be. Six hundred thousand. No. So I'll just tell you. We have to stop this game. (laughs) I'm so bad at this game. It's so fun. Well, because there's no way you can win this game. There's no way you can win I'm going to find a calculator,
1: and I'm going to keep it real close by for when you ask me these ridiculous questions.
0: All right. The Mary Celeste salvaged for a lot less than it was expected to salvage for because of the unknown nature of what happened to it. And there's a lot of theories thrown out, some of which were disproven at the time, and some of which people kind of still speculate on and kind of have disproven since then. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about those theories. Okay. One theory, which has no evidence to back it up, but at the time was one of the reasons that it didn't go to salvage for very much, was that the crew mutinied against Briggs, killed him and his family, and fled in the lifeboat. Okay.
1: Okay. That seems like a poor choice on their part because they could have just taken the ship in. Right. And which like, is why gotten money yeah. for it. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, they murdered him, but maybe. Yeah. So this was a th- theory that
0: was thrown out there. But like I said, there was no evidence. And actually, what kind of evidence the original person who put this theory together was all refuted. Like they claimed that they had found blood on the ship and this and that. And none of that was true. Interesting. And also, in my mind, it doesn't make sense. Like, okay, if if you're going to mutiny against your captain, wouldn't you take the cargo, deliver it, and get your money? Like, why else are you mutinying if not to get more money? To get more
1: money. Exactly. Also, you wouldn't abandon ship in the middle of the sea if you're going to, like, abandon it smartly on a tiny lifeboat. You're going to get at least close to land.
0: Right. You're going to get closer to land, or you're going to stay on the ship. And come up with some reason that the captain's gone, some fake story.
1: Right. In a storm, he fell overboard.
0: You know, you're not just going to kill people and then leave the ship and leave any potential profit. That doesn't make sense to me. In a lifeboat. In a lifeboat. In the middle of the ocean. Yeah. So they're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean between New York and Italy. Weird. So another theory is that there's been some suspicion about Morehouse, which unfortunately ended up kind of ruining his reputation, even though there was no evidence to support that he had done anything wrong and just found the ship and brought it in. But because of these accusations, he was, and this is a quote, under suspicion in the court of public opinion forever. So it kind of damaged his career a little bit, unfortunately.
1: But how does any ship captain go about a salvage then? Because, I mean, other than that they knew each other to some extent, If you found a boat, isn't that the whole point of a salvage is to salvage it?
0: Right. And one of the theories is that Morehouse and Briggs were actually in cahoots and were trying to get the salvage money. So they had this plan that Briggs would disappear, Morehouse would find the ship, and they would take it in for salvage. However, a piece that doesn't quite make sense is if Briggs and his family are going to disappear and never show up again, And in this theory, they're alive. They're gone off and they're just living somewhere else and hiding. And then Morehouse and Briggs are going to split all this money that they end up not getting. Right. But if that was true, why would he leave his son at home and not bring his whole family with him?
1: Right. To disappear alongside him. So they could disappear together. Right. Also, I would have to imagine that even if the salvage money was slightly more, you're still getting paid for the delivery in... In its original state. So you can't be making like an incredibly more amount of money for the salvage.
0: Another theory is insurance fraud by the owner of the Mary Celeste. So by the guy who actually owned the ship.
1: What, he like sent out there with no one on it actually?
0: No, that maybe he had somebody intercept the Mary Celeste and get rid of its crew so that another ship would find it and he could file insurance claim on it fraudulently or something that somehow he conspired against to make the crew disappear.
1: That's fascinating. I also like to put this in perspective, like they found the ship with no technology items, right? So we just see a ship six miles off. We're not like radaring Right. We then get close to the ship, do the investigation Insurance fraud is still a thing. Like, all of this without technology. It's not like you're like, okay, Lou, in a helicopter, drop down, snatch the folks. You know, like, this this is conspiracy. Right, exactly. So, again, no
0: evidence. And actually, the owner of the Mary Celeste never even had to go to trial for this. So, another theory that it was attacked by Rifian, which is Moroccan pirates. Okay. Again, the ship wasn't looted. Nothing was missing besides papers and instruments. So right. everything of value was still there. And then another theory was that they were worried about an explosion from the denatured alcohol, or maybe that there had been some tiny explosions from the denatured alcohol. And so they abandoned the ship for their safety, and then something happened to them in the lifeboat. So they were never found? They were never found. The whole, the, all of them. None of the crew was ever found or the lifeboat. Oh. Yeah. And unfortunately, after this incident, the ship, the Mary Celeste, didn't have much luck. She wasn't running profitable routes. She was said to be cursed because two other of her captains died prematurely. Oof. And her last owner purposely ran her aground and destroyed her in an attempt to commit insurance fraud. And that one he was actually caught for doing. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. And in 2001, an expedition headed by marine archaeologist Clive Cussler claimed to have found the remains of the Mary Celeste embedded in the Rachiolis Reef. However, testing showed that the wood they recovered couldn't have been that which would have comprised the Mary Celeste, because it was wood that would have been used after it was built.
1: But it didn't crash. So was it like the... No. Lifeboat that he found? No,
0: he thought he found the last owner who crashed it on purpose. I see. And then let it sink to, that was proven to have done it to commit insurance fraud. Got it. So then they went to try and find it. So that is our real ghost ship. Now let's go to our not real ghost ship. Ready. So we're going to talk about the Flying Dutchman. (laughs) Also, I can't think about the Flying Dutchman without thinking about SpongeBob.
1: Fair. He was an epic character. Love
0: him in SpongeBob. So the Flying Dutchman is a legendary ghost ship that is never able to make it to port and is doomed to sail the oceans forever. This mythical ship is likely to have originated from the 17th century golden age of the Dutch East India Company. According to the legend, if hailed by another ship, the crew of the Flying Dutchman was said to try and send messages to land. Or to people that were long dead. So they're trying oh. to come to port, trying to send messages to land, but it'll just never happen. They're doomed to sail forever. Reported sightings in the 19th and 20th centuries claimed it glowed a ghostly light. Which, again, makes me think of SpongeBob and how the ship and the Flying Dutchman, the person, you know, the character, had that green yes. glow around them. Yeah, That's all I can picture. It's also said that the sight of this phantom ship was an omen of doom. So you don't want to see it. You don't want to see it. The ship is often described as sailing through fog or rough water, and people typically have sightings of the ship when they are in like a storm or bad weather. And multiple sightings have been reported in the Cape of Good Hope, which is off of South Africa. Some believe that death or destruction is coming for those who have sighted it. Wow. It has been retold countless times that letters would be passed from the Flying Dutchman to those who see it, and if you open those letters, that the results are the ships get destroyed or the crew dies. So, yeah. if a ghost ship sends you letters, do not open them. Is the moral of the story?
1: This feels very Harry Potter, like when they're looking around the corners with the mirrors so that they don't look the thing directly oh, the in the eyes. Oh, yes. take the basculess, yes. Take the precaution, just maybe don't, don't open letters you know, muddle around with things. Yeah, don't do it.
0: Yeah. So the first print reference of the ship appears in the book, Travels in Various Parts of Europe, Asia, and Africa during a Series of 30 Years and Upward. That's the title of the book. Catchy. In 1790 by John MacDonald. The excerpt says... The weather was so stormy that the sailors said they saw the Flying Dutchman. The common story is that the Dutchman came to the Cape in distress of weather and wanted to get into harbor, but could not get a pilot to conduct her and was lost, and that ever since, in very bad weather, her vision appears. Ooh. So probably one of the most famous sightings of the Flying Dutchman was by Prince George of Wales, the future King George V. He was on a three-year voyage in his youth. So the excerpt from his diary reads, July 11th at 4 a.m., the Flying Dutchman crossed our bows, a strange red light as of a phantom ship all aglow, in the midst of which light the mass spars and sails of a brig 200 yards distant stood out in strong relief as she came up on the port bow. And it goes on and on. But then at the end, he says... Thirteen persons all together saw her.
1: Wow, thirteen people saw it, and he documented it. Yes, that's weird.
0: Before we wrap up here, a few theories on what sailors are actually seeing. One is that it's just a mirage. Mm -hmm. Two, a phantom Morgana, which is a complex form of superior mirage visible in a narrow band right above the horizon. So it's some sort of special mirage that happens on the horizon line. Okay. Also, there's an optical effect called looming, L-O-O-M-I-N-G, which occurs when rays of light are bent across different refractive surfaces, so like the water, which can make the ship just off the horizon appear up in the air. So it looks like there's a space, but it's actually just the reflection.
1: Oh, so another kind of mirage. Yeah. Essentially tricks of the eye. Exactly, And brain. And brain. Tricks of the eye, brain,
0: and light, and reflective water can all make you see
1: the flying Dutchman. Now that you've put it in context as SpongeBob, it's less eerie, but still.
0: All right, Amy, like I said, there's a lot of these good, interesting ghost ship stories, so maybe come back for another round, but we'll see. But for now, do with that what you will. Thanks for letting us talk at you. If you have any comments, corrections, or suggestions, you can email us at 24HourExpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. It's also our Instagram, our website, and our Facebook. You can find us there.
1: Talk to you next time. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to 24-Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If
1: you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes.